Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 221, episode one of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. Now, this is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it is Monday, January 24th, 2022, uh, which of course means that it's National Peanut Butter Day. Mm-hmm. I had to do it to him. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Uh, not enough for some people. Some people put butter and peanut butter on their toast. That's me. what I've been told. It's it's decadent. I'm telling I you, know. if you want to feel like peanut like peanut butter toast is like a luxury item, put put butter on the bread first, then put your peanut butter on your bread. Well, that is a great idea, and I am of course saying that, Miles, because it is National Compliment Day as mm. well. Thank you so much. I don't actually mean it, but I'm just giving no. you a compliment. Well, I think day. I love your tie dye sweatshirt. <laughs> ah, fuck you, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Mamas, don't let your babies grow out their mustache. Don't let them be pickup artists that suck. Make them not look like creepy old fucks, a.k.a. Come a vaccine. Oh, it's just not the same. It is ruined. Mm. My cum's not worth anything, a.k.a. Tonight, we fear Ron. He will set your town on fire. He's a mean fighter. So's his son. Those are three classic AKs. And what we'll get to why I'm doing classic AKs. They're all from Christian Gucci Mane. My favorite, I think, is the We Fear Ron, you know, coming yeah. with it after the long conversation about how uh, Ronson must be the name of uh, uh, somebody who was Ron's son. Yeah. Shout out to old timey people naming their kids Ron. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Miles Gray, a.k.a. Bro, you do good once you vax that ass up. You be a fine motherfucker when you vax that ass up. Call me to the party when you vax that ass up. Bro, who is you playing with? Vax that ass up. A.k.a. <clears throat> I'm sorry I'm vaxxed, hun. Ooh, I am for real. Never knew my balls were supersized. Now you left me for another guy. A.k.a. Who getting Taco Bell tonight? Who getting Taco Bell tonight? <laughs> Ate as much as well tonight. Giving my toilet hell tonight. And those wow. are three from at Waffle House. Because, you know, when you try and search at Crispy Meme Donut, that's like, that shit is suspended. The fuck you talking about? You cannot right, see right. these texts anymore. At Waffle House is yeah. the handle. Miles. Mm-hmm. As those AKs might suggest, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the author of all of them. That was sort of a, a medley of some of our favorites. He contributed just the last year or so. Mm-hmm. He's been doing it for years. A true wordsmith, a great follow on Twitter. You can hear him hosting his podcast, Jorts Center. Uh, it is America's stepdad, Christy Yamaguchi, man! Look at you. Uh-oh. I'm, I'm uh, about to be uh be very annoying here. Here we go. Okay. Okay. Blame it all on my tweets that I'm in the seat ruining your zeitgeist affair. <laughs> Woo! No way to know. I'd be on the show sitting in the third guest seat chair. Should have seen the surprise. And the look in my eyes when Anna DM'd, hey, I'm a Gucci man. <laughs> she said, hey, how would you maybe like to come through and talk about news of the day? Now I called in sick to my workplace. <laughs> I lied to my boss, said, I'm contagious, need off today. <laughs> But I'll be okay. <laughs> Woo! Now I'm not known in most places, but on TDZ, I'm real famous cause I got friends in Jack and Miles Gray. Woo! 
Look at yeah. that. Yeah. Fade it down. There we go. There we go. Thank you, oh, gentlemen. Gosh. Thank you so much. I should have included the voice of an angel in the, in the <laughs> yeah. AKs, but I had to let them find out for themselves. Absolute legion oh, we have on the show. Legend. Legendary, you know, Christy, mate. you have been, uh, honestly, you, I could say one of one of the, you know, many, but a few, the fortunate few day one listeners who uh, would always write in AKs when we started doing that dumb nonsense. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> and it evolved. I mean, like, then we saw you for the first time in person at the DC live show. Mm-hmm. And what was that, February or the end of January 2020, basically? Yeah, it was yeah. right right before everything uh, shut down, literally, yeah, like yeah. A, a couple weeks, I think. And then I remember when I met you, I said, what's your real name, bro? <laughs> That's the first thing I asked you. I have so many, like, I I've, I feel like a, a member of Wu-Tang or a superhero right. because I have so many or AKAs Satan. myself. Or Satan, exactly, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. I have so many names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I uh, I heard an advertisement on uh, the Dan Lebetard show for the Daily Zeitgeist right before it dropped. And I had listened to the Cracked podcast uh, with Jack as the host. And uh, Jack, thank you so much for lifting the restraining order that I got from my days on the Cracked forums. I really appreciate that and allowing me hey, to, man. to be on here. You know, you've you've shown a lot of growth and also your lawyers are just relentless. They, they yeah. really are. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Or you're yeah. really good at Pitbulls. pretending to be a lawyer on email. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> really capture the voice, right? Right. So what should we call you? Christy, what, what would you like to, how uh, would you like us to refer Either Christy or Will or Willie, or a lot of people still call me Crispy from when I, uh, my Crispy original account that got yeah. suspended for saying the word redneck on Twitter, which sounds like I'm it's joking, but I'm absolutely yeah. not. Don't, hate don't, hate. yeah, don't, don't say the word redneck in the, in a reply to a tweet about NASCAR. I found out the right. hard way. I fucked around and found out uh, wow, about NASCAR wow. fans. Damn. Because, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's sometimes the terms embrace, but then if they suspect you being some lib cuck, exactly. then they're going to be like, report this hate crime immediately. Yeah. Don't don't drop that with with a cab in your Twitter profile. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They'll come for you. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Christy Yamaguchi, man, is tough to top. Uh, it is a lot of syllables. Unfortunately, <laughs> your real name, Willie, is, is also a very cool name. So uh, and I don't know many Willies. I've been looking to add a Willie in my life so i think i might i might go with well the then Ow. let me be the okay. willy that you add in your life jack <laughs> thanks I like, this. I like where this is going <laughs> i like where this is headed but i feel like it's dealer's choice right we can you know uh, yeah as the yeah this Any, anything this just cycle through them all don't you know? call yeah. me late for dinner right that's, uh, hey, that's the old, there old it saying. is call me whatever you want <laughs> <laughs> All right, Willie, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things that we're talking about. We're going to talk about a couple Trump investigations. There's the financial investigation, which is yielding few surprises, continues to yield few uh, surprises. We're going to talk about a January 6th committee investigation because they they released the docs to the January 6th committee and Trump could no longer block them based on executive privilege, I guess. And they want to talk to Ivanka. Huh. So we're, we're yeah. going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how, speaking of the thing that got Christy Yamaguchi main banned on Twitter, we're going to talk about a new law in Florida that is uh, trying to outlaw white people from getting their feelings hurt. We're going to talk about mm. Biden curing cancer, all of that, plenty more. But first... Before we get to any of that shit, Willie, Christy Yamaguchi, man, I think I'm just going to keep calling you Christy Yamaguchi, man. Uh, we do like oh, to ask wait, our one guests. thing I have to mention. Yeah. My mom and some of her friends who listen, they think that you are somehow Christy Yamaguchi. <laughs> oh, fuck. Because like, they have really... a ear for the Japanese <laughs> last name. And then they're like, oh, like, man, you have like a Yamaguchi song on the show. And I'm like. Mom, I listen to what I'm saying. And I had to, I remember over the holidays, I had to be like, it's a portmanteau of never mind. Yeah, it's oh, Christy man. Yamaguchi. That's um, uh, anyway, go on. That's fantastic. Well, let's that. not, let's not ruin it. Justin, yeah. can you edit that part out? Like, let's, let's not ruin the, uh, the, the, my mom will still, if she's listening, she'll be, it still will fly over her <laughs> okay, head. Good. Cause good. she's like in the middle of like tending to her cacti good. or something. Yes. Uh, gold, gold medalist figure skater, Christy Yamaguchi here. I'm just going to, yeah. yeah, that's what you should call me from now on. <laughs> what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are, sir? Okay. Uh, so, ma'am, sorry for Miles's mom. Oh, ma'am. yes. Yes. Thank you very much. 
How to scam NFT investors. There's lots of stories about scams, but not a step-by-step on how to do one yourself, which I feel like somebody needs to write that. So, you know, get in on that money-making scheme. Yeah, come on. Right. Is that something you think you could do? I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like with enough like Twitter clout, you just hype basically JPEGs right. up and then <laughs> take everybody's money and then make off with like, it overnight. Has then, someone made an NFT of the the pig shitting on its on its balls? Ooh, they absolutely should though. That's like that That's would a, be like <laughs> a weird shit poster gold NFT. Yes, you it know? really should. It really should. <laughs> Every other day, there's a damn story coming across Twitter or Reddit or something about how somebody hyped up a bunch of bunch of JPEGs and then basically all these investors are, are stoked about the word decentralized. And then when they get scammed, they're like, we need more oversight on this shit. And it's like, okay, which one is it exactly? Because those are in a direct, you know, contradiction to one another. So um, anyway, I just thought it would be cool if somebody would, you know, write like a wiki how on how to uh, rip people off. You need like someone who I have someone in mind who I feel like who could help us make that. Who's like, who's, you know, in the tech world and inherently understands (laughs) how all this stuff moves. And I'm like, Please just be really cynical for me with a second. Yes, hell yeah. How, tell me like what the process is. And I know you're not saying that's what you're into, sure. but let's fuck around for exactly, a second. Yeah. Exactly. Just, just, you know, just leave it out there on the internet and whatever happens with it happens with it. Uh, you yeah. Know? yeah. Then uh, the podcast business news network platinum, which is, I feel like I, uh, yeah, I know that's a mouthful, right? Apparently it's a real podcast. I got called up randomly yesterday and asked to be on a podcast but not because i do podcasts or i'm on twitter or anything but because i'm a wedding officiant uh and that's why i kind of chose this one was because i i do weddings on the weekend work in a body shop during the week but i'm a wedding officiant i do about 30 40 weddings uh a year holy shit and uh yeah it's a nice little side business you know it's it's something that i get to dress nice and smell good on the weekends and you know go schmooze with people uh it's a cool gig and uh i got called by this apparently real podcast wanting to do like a an interview right and i cannot figure out the exact angle on this thing like what what they're supposedly i talked to the lady that called me and she said that they make ad rep you know when you share your podcast on your platforms and stuff they get the ad revenue for it but that was like as much as she would admit to me so mm-hmm. I agreed to do it, which I'm totally not going to. I just let them schedule me and everything, and I'm just not going to answer the phone when it happens, probably, uh, <laughs> because I still feel like this is a scam somehow. Um, I'm not. I just can't figure out the uh, the angle on it. So if any of the Zeitgang out there listening know anything about the, and yeah. I'll say it once again, podcast business news network platinum, which is like the most MLM sounding shit I have ever heard. Yeah. I mean, ever they heard. sound like they'd be able to tell you how to do a NFT scam. Yeah, Th- That's like, actually, okay, maybe I do need to go platinum. on this thing. The yeah. platinum, platinum is the detail that like 100%. pushes it over the edge for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you, as a, a serial wedding efficient, mm-hmm. do you track like metric like how the marriages are going do you like keep stats on how <laughs> like oh, checking back in what yeah. my, how many kids we working with here like, what my field goal percentages what my yeah. slugging slugging percentages <laughs> what my slug so slugging would be the number here, of right? kids like how productive <laughs> the marriages are and then um, like how those kids are doing yeah uh, i you know i i should start yeah. I, I feel like that's something like a uh, pro football focus i should like start my own webpage. <laughs> Like that has has all those like yeah. box score stats on it and stuff. Yo, these people, I think they are scamming. I'm sorry, they're dropping like six episodes a day. Right, right. I, like I don't so, understand what their release schedule is, and it's like interview with the guy to weight loss made easy roadmap. And you're like, yeah, yeah. Yesterday, I listened to a bit of a podcast yesterday, and they had the host of like and and nothing against Reiki or or any of that stuff. Like I, I'm, the I'm not energy not, gods out there. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. But she was talking about how she talks to animals sometimes and she talked to a red finch and found out what was ailing it. And she figured out what was wrong with this bird when the veterinarian couldn't. And just go on there and lie your ass off. You know, if you're going to do do that, create the most surreal reality, the wildest shit. 
Yeah. yeah. Has and, anyone done that? Just a show that is like for gullible people and it's just a series of like scams. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like the place that gullible dipshits go to be scammed. Oh, right. man. It's not. Oh, it's called like a genius opportunity. Yeah. Platinum investment opportunities. <laughs> yeah. Platinum yes. investment. Has to have the word yeah. platinum in there. Has right. to. Yeah. We've got Popeye Jones on to talk about his <laughs> What is uh, something you think is overrated? Uh, guys, been waiting to do this shit for five years, so uh, forgive me. You're going to have to uh, just shit pick, pick, pick whenever, whichever one you want to uh, okay, talk about. Okay, we'll say okay. stop. Yes, exactly. Food rules, college football, wedding traditions, Chick-fil-A, having hair, cult of personalities around politicians and political commentators, boomer musicians selling their entire catalogs to giant corporations, paying your medical bills, Movies that start at the theater past 630 because I can't stay awake. <laughs> I like the. All right. So I'll, I'll throw out the ones that jumped out to me. OK. I'm curious to learn more about why boomer musicians selling their entire catalogs is overrated. I also agree that college football is overrated. So, like, I kind of want to hear that. Miles, where, what, what jumped out at you? The no hair, obviously. <laughs> I mean, we've all heard heard that from. Yeah, but you. I like to keep hearing it. I yeah. want to put yeah. that out there. You know the what I mean? Daily, no hair daily affirmation. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but we already. You're right. That that goes without saying. But yeah, I'm I'm curious about the boomer and the the. College yeah, school. with the hair thing, it's just the the money you save on haircuts and shampoo and and all of that stuff, and not having to think about what you're doing with your hair. Did you ever used to put fantastic. shampoo on your bald head? Uh, I, like. If I like ran out of the bar of soap or something like that, yeah. like I'll I'll steal a dab of like overpriced shampoo from my wife's, you know, one of the the I right. feel like dozen bottles of shampoo and conditioner that's in our shower at right. any given moment. But but that's it. like you can't use bumble and bumble on your just bare skin. <laughs> I'm like I, right. I just needed something to cleanse my skin. Exactly, exactly. For so a while I remember I would put shampoo on like what the, what am I doing here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's just to remind myself. You know, I can still keep that scalp clean. With absolutely, shampoo. absolutely. Uh, the the boomer musicians. It's just been this trend lately, and one yeah. of my favorite bands of all time, ZZ Top, just recently did it as well, where they they're these classic rock era bands and musicians are selling their entire catalogs to these investment firms, essentially. Not even like other, you know, media companies, but just like they're basically NFTs themselves. And then right. these companies get to divvy them up and license them for whatever they want. And there's just like, I, I had this idea the other day where like, it would, it would have been super cool if one of these musicians, I feel like if, if, if one of these famous ones like Springsteen or Dylan or something, which this is high hopes for for one of these these guys to do this, but sure, sure. one of these catalogs of music could generate revenue for decades and decades and decades, you know, as long as they're protected by copyright or whatever. And I feel like if you set one of these things up in a trust or something to generate money, you could, you know, you could you could do so much goodwill with your music, with your legacy, all the you know, all the the hope and you know, positive shit that you were singing about in the 60s and 70s and stuff, you right. could actually do some goodwill with the, the money that your music makes. But instead, they're just cashing out right here to, they're already worth hundreds of millions of dollars, and now they're worth a couple hundreds of millions of dollars more. Like, what right. What the fuck is the point of that? So Any way that we can get private equity, like, more involved in yes, the exactly, world exactly. and just the future of our culture. So that, <laughs> like, anybody who wants to make a movie with a Bob Dylan song and it needs to go deal with fucking private equity bros. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. that's good for the culture. Yeah, right? it's go. fantastic. It's fantastic. Way to go, Bob. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, the problem is that, like, all these celebrities have, like, what the, I, I think I've said this before, but when I'm driving around, like, LA and I'm like what the fuck do all these people do for a living <laughs> like in the entertainment industry I realize you know it's all people who like work in licensing and shit like that like there's just massive massive companies that just like make shitloads of money of just like being like okay we'll agree to let you use it but you have to like talk to these seven other people to right. use this song and, and then intermediary companies that are just their entire existence is just for granting someone permission they don't yeah. they're, they're not the owner of the music they're not the person using the music they're just the middle management company that that gets permission from someone yeah 
Oh. That bullshit jobs. Exactly. Genius. Uh-huh. Genius. But that's like, you know, <laughs> that's how so many people, like, that's how people move. It's like, yeah. I can actually create a whole business by just inserting myself in this process. Mm-hmm. And it's unneeded, but I'll convince the other person it is. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then what is something you think is underrated? Faking it till you make it. Dating hot single moms. Being dumb as hell on Twitter. ZZ Top. Small trucks. A good pair of boots. Uh, a functioning pancreas. Karaoke. And losing weight to ride a horse. What's that? Let me hear, faking it till you make it. I think that is a good uh, life lesson. I, I think so too. Um, and it's something as I've I've gotten older, I've realized ev- literally everybody is doing. Nobody knows what they're doing at any given moment, particularly when you come into a new chapter of your life. Uh, you know, would I, I think I've I've heard people on here talk about this thing before but like when you're little and you look to your parents or adults in your life you think that they are, are you know possessors of knowledge or answers and and sometimes they are but I, as as one now as as a stepdad to the three boys who I've you know helped raise for a dozen years now man we do not know what we're doing at it we are just <laughs> figuring it out as we go along and there's nothing wrong with that you know yeah. what I mean there's nothing wrong with that it's it's literally how anybody does anything as far as i'm i'm concerned now there's some things that you shouldn't fake you know like open heart surgery or flying a plane and shit like that very important roles in 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 our, our lives from day to day don't fake driving a car till you make it either that's a probably a bad one yeah i'm on my grind out here just <laughs> Performing heart surgeries <laughs> yeah. in the back alley Just every morning. Long haul trucking in my eighteen wheeler. Do I know how to use air car with air brakes? No. Let's make. <laughs> let's get this paper this morning, fellas. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> grind, yeah. Rise and grind. No, it's true. And also, I think just in general, right? More than like fake. It's not really about being deceptive because I think that's that there can be that sort of tinge of that phrase, right, faking right, right. it till you make it. Of more, just like, just be confident in what you're doing and continue to do it because I think to that point. It's easy to look at certain jobs or like things you might aspire to do. Like I remember when I was lobbying and I really wanted to do comedy, I was like, I don't know, man. Like I just, I, what, what's it going to take to do it? And I just had to really back myself really right, just to be right. like, I want to do this shit. I think I'm funny. Like, fuck it. Like, let's just do this shit. And I'm going to walk around like I know what the fuck I'm doing because exactly. to a certain extent we do, but it's, it's about sort of also crossing into that next like, I guess, emotional phase where you're able to look at yourself and say, no, th- I believe in what I'm doing. Yeah. And yeah. It's, and yeah, that's potentially I'm just emulating other people who seem successful, but it's just confidence. So exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, just just, uh, you know, don't be a dickhead about it, obviously, when, when you have that confidence. But but be humble, but but be, you know, confident that you're going to figure it out. Eventually you do. Yeah. yeah. I feel like there's a lot of people who are monsters in the entertainment industry or you know six very successful people who are you know really awful to people underneath them and i think that's like built on their insecurity that like Mm -hmm. oh no like everybody's gonna find out that i'm like (laughs) i'm a fraud and it's like no not nobody it all just looks better like you're comparing your insides to other people's outsides basically yeah yeah no need to do that because at the end of the day it's just just be, just back yourself. That's and that's really the hardest shit to do, because a lot of the time we're like, oh, I don't have all this anecdotal data to suggest that I can do what I'm doing, and right. you won't you won't have that data till you do it. So that's like kind of the rub there is like you got to actually start, got to take that push to the next phase. I remember even starting this podcast. I wasn't podcasting before this, and I was just like, fuck, man, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do. And I in my mind, I'm like, well, Jack knows what he's doing, so <laughs> based off of that, and I had to step up acting like i've been podcasting for a minute and i you know straight up i was like i'm using the confidence of just jack being like hey i think this could be a good podcast for me to push aside any doubt i had to be like fuck it i guess i guess we can do this shit and the fact that i threw up right before we started recording it every day for the first two years like i was like no this is just a stomach issue it has nothing to do with and i would have my sympathetic gag reflex too and i'm like (laughs) (laughs) Jack had to have his teeth replaced, literally, like the yeah, yeah, gone, it. everything. It's it's yeah, very yeah, not, it's not pretty good bad. Stuff. Yeah, the same thing with with me. Like when we started George Center and Lauer After Hours, uh, I'd never done a podcast either. And eventually, you just you know you pretend like you know what you're doing, and then people yeah. actually start giving you feedback and tell you they're listening, and it becomes a blast. Or, or doing weddings, you know, a friend of mine asked me to do theirs in like 2006. 
and I sure as hell had never done a wedding before. And uh, they asked me because of my beard. Literally, they were like, "You, <laughs> you look official." That, I swear to God, that, that's that's why they were like, they were like, "We like your Is beard." This in North Carolina. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that's official out there. Like exactly. Yep, you exactly. got the beard, homie. <laughs> homie. <laughs> uh, I, I think uh, like. Uh, I looked official, but also kind of like a wizard at the time. So they just they yeah. just asked me to perform their wedding. And then other uh, friends that were there saw me do that one and then asked me to do theirs and so on and so forth. And now I got a little, you know, side hustle going. So Speaking of beard, um, because you do have like a ZZ Top beard. And I do, you know, one of my favorite things about your AKs is your taste in music. You have uh-huh. just like a great. Very eclectic. Well, yeah. Thank you. Thank you Very so eclectic, but it's always the hits that I've heard of, so I don't have to do too much research. Why is ZZ Top underrated? ZZ Top is underrated just because I, I feel like most people that aren't intimately familiar with their catalog don't realize all the songs that they're familiar with that are ZZ Top. Mm-hmm. They think it's like all these different classic rock bands. Uh, I've had many conversations with friends of mine who aren't into them as much as I am, and uh, I start naming songs, and they're like, wait, ZZ Top does that one? Wait, they do right. this one, and and you just keep. They have so so many hits, and they lasted over the decades. They evolved their sound. Uh, you know, they started playing in the late sixties, early seventies. Then when the eighties came, you know, with Eliminator, and and they they updated their sound with the synth and stuff, and you know, some of the the most classic early MTV videos, just absurd mm-hmm. absurd videos uh, that are fun to go back and watch. Um, and Billy Gibbons is just uh, like one of the greatest guitar players of all time. But I, I feel like he's not ever listed in that same tier that a lot of classic rock guitarists are. Right. And uh, yeah, and and that's that's basically why. And also, like they, my dad always had a super long beard growing up, so I oh, associated nice. them with my dad. Like, it. I think, you know, in that little kid brain logic, you know, like, well, right. ZZ Top are my dad's friends. Like, they all look the right. same. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it right. d- didn't yeah. make a, a damn bit of sense, but uh, right. that's that's, uh, that's that's what I told myself <laughs> at, like, four years old. Yeah, that was, fun. like, having a look going into the 80s, like, was, you know, I guess lucky. Like, I don't know. Did did they always have the long beards, like, uh, before? Very early on, videos? very yeah. early on, they, uh, uh, they were clean shaven, but basically early seventies, they grew out the beards. And of course, you know, Frank Beard, the drummer is the only one that doesn't have one. And he has a, has a classic mustache, but that that's the key to kind of their timelessness is that they've always looked like they were pushing 70 years old because right. of the, the dark sunglasses, the super long beards, kind of their, their dress and, and aesthetic. And yeah. so they, you know, into the 80s, their look didn't change. The only thing that changed was like the guitars got like neon colored and they yeah. wore fur coats and shit and, you know, <laughs> kind of had like a synth, synth wave vibe to them. And yeah. then and then all throughout all the decades, they've literally it's been hard to tell how they've aged. And, and of course, recently, uh, Dusty Hill passed away, the bass player. So uh, R.I.P. to him. So they they, they lost lost Dusty, I'd say, probably like six or seven months ago. And, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's why I think that they are underrated. Everybody should go listen to just listen to the greatest hits. You know what I mean? And, uh, and realize, uh, and they've got some silly ass songs too. They're, they've, they've always looked the way that they do, but they're singing about like, they're singing about some perverted shit, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like the song tube steak boogie or pearl necklace. (laughs) Wait, what's that about? I don't get it. You don't, what do you mean? Okay, uh, Jack, um, it's, uh, <laughs> this is it for off mic conversation. Uh, yeah, we'll do it in the break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good, good having the iconic look heading into the '80s with MTV. Bad for the SEO and like listing uh, of bands in your iPod era with the wor- yes. the very last possible <laughs> yeah. name right. in any uh, alphabetized uh, archive. That's a good point. I've never never thought about that actually. Never thought about Miles, that. But do, you're absolutely do you right. have do you have a singular musician that you are like? That's my dad's friend because <laughs> mm. I have like Billy Joel. I so associate with my dad for some reason. I'm just like, yeah, he's pre- they're probably friends. They're probably <laughs> hanging out somewhere where my, I'm not around. Oh, I thought my grandfather knew Miles Davis. Right. Uh, that makes because sense. Yep. I got this plaque when I was born from one of my grandfather's really good friends. That was like this plaque from the album Miles Ahead. And it was like this sort of presentational Miles Davis album and it said like two, you know, Miles, young Miles, blah, blah, blah. And then I was as a kid, I was like, man, my grandpa got this from Miles Davis, his friend. 
Right. And awesome. yeah, so that that was one in, in the back of my mind. I never quite articulated out loud, but whenever I looked, at it, I was like, "Damn, he knows Miles." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're that's rad. Yeah, you you do come from like really cool people who did hang out with <laughs> like great artists. So it, like probably not the same for you. Yeah, I had yeah. to create a fictional universe where my dad hung out with <laughs> Billy Joel. Yeah. He was, he I mean, listened to Piano Man and you're like, I wonder yeah. which one my dad is. Is he the real estate novelist? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, my, my Iggy Pop almost killed my dad. I don't know if I've told that story. What? Yeah. That's like a whole fucking, they, they lived Jesus. together for a second. What? Yeah. Miles, how have you never told that before? Because I say too much shit on this show. You I, know, I got to have some stuff for the book, okay. for the NFT. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for the NFT. You know? Yeah. <laughs> when this all goes off the rails, when this all blows up and you're doing the like VH1 behind the podcast series yeah, that yeah. they'll eventually do, you have to, you have to bring up all stories about my dad. Yeah. Like, those yeah, childhood, yeah, those childhood stories. Right. We should have seen this coming. Iggy Pop almost killed his dad. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. And last week, uh, there was a, I guess it was the Attorney General of New York filed mm -hmm. a brief basically saying, you know, the, she's going to keep the investigation into Trump's finances going. She said that there are potentially fraudulent or misleading practices, which I feel like at the time, the MSM, the mainstream media was like, he's in trouble. You got him. As usual. Yeah. And it, I don't know. Like, that, I, I'd say that, like, my energy for, like, digging into Trump's finances stories is just, like, spent. Like, I don't I don't think we're going to get him. I just, I think. You Are know, they trying to go Al Capone with it, though? I think they're trying to go Al Capone with it. I, but, like, Al Capone was a different era. And Trump is too, like, woven in with the fabric of like all of like, like mainstream finance. Culture. Yeah. Well, just right. like not mainstream cult, mainstream, like, you know, robber baron, uh, New York finance. Like the, like sure. the thing, the stuff that is really objectionable in the, uh, the report is all stuff that is pretty commonplace. Like, you know, there, there's one thing that was like pretty blatant. They misstated the physical size of one of his properties. <laughs> Like just physically, if you go in there with measuring tape and measure it, it's like not it's like half the size that he's and been that claiming could for genuinely be stupidity. Right. There's yeah. there's no there's no way to know. They ask him to ballpark it. <laughs> right. You know who'd probably give us a honest assessment? They're like, How big is your home office and what is it uh proportionate to uh the size of like the area you live? I'm like, I I have a nine thousand square foot home office, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, so that's basically like stealing $200 million, essentially. But like a lot of the stuff is just, you know, misrepresenting the value of the company. But that like as some articles are pointing out, that's also like seen as highly subjective. It's like hard to sort of nail somebody on that. And it also like feels like the like wackest parts of the Trump hate where it's like one type of rich like neolib person blanching at like the uncouth rich person like i don't know like i grant i'm not like defending him in any way i'm just saying that like this isn't going to change the way anyone thinks about him like what we're gonna find here like everybody assumes he's lying and that he thinks the lying is smart and assuming he gets away with it he'll kind of be right but like the fact that all the shit that like they're talking about is fairly commonplace means to me that like the world of private equity, like, and you know, just the wealthy people of the world won't let him go down for this because it is what they all like, what their wealth is all resting on as well. Yeah. So, or, you know, you do that thing where you just shove somebody else out into the spotlight and be like, yo, take his ass. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Take that. Yeah, that's true. Maybe, maybe that'll keep take this shit down. going. It's what happened with Michael Cohen and mm -hmm. countless other people in Trump's orbit. And Jack, you're right. As far as the energy for, for Trump's finances and shit, that peaked with Rachel Maddow saying that she had Trump's tax returns for me, you know? And then it was yeah. just like, oh, this, you mean the stuff that's already been publicly available for years? Yeah. That, that was like, 
he's never he's never going to get busted for this shit. He'll just tie them up in court, you know, with whatever money he has left, and uh, and just it's, it's it's the the only thing Trump really is good at the art of is uh, escaping from any kind of culpability or uh, right. getting in trouble for this shit. Yeah, yeah, especially I, in the world of finance. And, yeah, you know, bankruptcy and all that shit. Yeah, it's 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 a t- it's a tough one to see because I know there's like there's also the the Manhattan DA also has a parallel investigation happening. So I mean, it seems like for them, it's just like yeah, I mean, we have all the evidence we need. Like we also have stuff that says like we, you know potentially that there was like an articulated intent to defraud. But yeah, I don't know. It's just like one of those things where even though the I think Letitia James was like. People cannot just pick and choose which laws they abide by. And it's like, I no, they, they very rich they people do, do they that do shit. <laughs> yeah, time. literally happens Getting out constantly, of bed. constantly. Yeah, yeah. But that's why I'm like, yeah, let's. I'll believe it when I see it. But yeah, other than now that, the January sixth committee, on the other hand, like I'm still, Ooh. I'm still sitting down. You know, Michael Jackson eating popcorn gif on that one. I'm like, <laughs> all right, let's see where this one goes. Uh, and Ivanka's name is starting to come up. Yeah. And now she's not been subpoenaed, but she's been, you know, invited uh, to have a voluntary interview to discuss some things. Oh, that'll definitely and, happen. That'll yeah, definitely, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, course, Voluntarily? Sure. Yeah, Snitch yeah. on her dad? Yeah, sure. we can see that happening. <laughs> but, you know, I, when you look at how this like letter that came out from the committee is like worded, it's all they're saying is like, we know what the fuck happened. Now get in here. And if you want to tell your side of the story, we can do that. But we already have enough testimony from other people as it relates to what happened. So one of the first things, you know, it sounds like there are like three to four big chunks in this letter that they were trying to really get at in terms of what information Ivanka would have first is that they're saying, quote, as January 6th approach, President Trump attempted on multiple occasions to persuade Vice President Pence to participate in his plan. You were in the Oval Office and observed at least one side of that telephone conversation where people were, you know, where potentially he was talking to Mike Pence. So sort of like, so what did you hear him say to Mike Pence? Because we have staff that have already told us what it's not other people that were in the room. Just do you want to come in and clarify that second uh, essentially boils down to this whole thing of like, we also heard that on the day you had multiple requests from people begging you to talk to your dad because it seemed like you were one of the few people who could talk him out of this like coup in progress or at least try and give a statement saying like, all right, let's cool it down, folks. We kind of went that shit kind of got a little too hot. And she's, you know, she was there saying, well, what did people ask you? Because we know what people asked you, but what are you going to say people asked you? And then finally, talking about how during this coup that several people in the White House were, you know, rebutting questions in terms of like when it came to was the president attempting to hold up the deployment deployment of the National Guard? Was he actively trying to keep any kind of protection elements advancing on the Capitol? Like, did he want it to be as vulnerable and have that intent? So it's uh, everything they're saying, like they have Kaylee McEnany, who has cooperated and and who else? Mark Meadows obviously gave up a ton of information before. He's like, I'm not actually now testifying. <laughs> I will take a subpoena or a contempt of Congress charge. Yeah, that man got his book promoted and that's that's all he was out for. I know. And then immediately had to be like, actually, my book's live. Yep, yep, so, yep. <laughs> but please buy it. This is why, like, very early in his administration, everyone was like, like, even Laura Ingram. No, not Laura Ingram. Who was Laura Ingram before Laura Ingram? The Fox News. Janine. Ann Coulter. Okay. Oh. Ann Coulter was like, uh, she's like, you you can't have your kids in your (laughs) administration. Like, that's just not done that's an absurd thing worst person you know makes a good point (laughs) right right but if you're going to commit crimes that this this all goes back to like he was right about like he knew he was going to commit crimes he knows he knew like that's all he does on a regular basis that's why you keep people in your family around you because they also have a financial incentive for you not to like be completely fucked so like that i don't know that it's like that strategy paying off that they're like, well, let's see what Ivanka has to say. It's like she's not going to say right. shit. Like exactly. That's why. Like, that's why I only do crimes with my stepkids around. Yeah, because exactly. I know, mean, they know they know who buys the groceries and stuff. So, they yeah. were freeway Rick Ross. Hell yeah. When he was at the height of his game, it was like I think all his like he's like, yo, come out here from. I think he was he had family in Texas that came out. People know. 
like you gotta you gotta be able to trust people if you're doing dirt exactly and yeah but i think it, it things change though when you got real when you got real charges and i think yeah. that's the thing we're all waiting for is like because right now it doesn't look like anything is going to inspire anyone to bite the orange hand that feeds yeah christy by the way what what age do did your sons become like good getaway drivers because my five-year-old fucking is not Oof. good yeah is he still he is, is he still doing the uh the the little tykes flintstone car is he still trying to get away in that he, thing yeah he can't reach yeah. the pedals yeah, uh, he sucks at steering that's rough upgrade to a power wheels and okay. then and then yeah. you'll you have a much better chance um but yeah i would say probably around like 13 or so okay yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. get him cool, started cool. on some f1 simulation simulator <laughs> stuff just Forza. to get his reaction time up <laughs> or some gran turismo yeah. yeah yeah i mean that's not gonna what gran turismo 7 doesn't draft till like march so yeah you know in the interim yeah yeah all right let's take a quick break we'll come back and talk about florida and we're back and you know florida Always leads the way, maybe even more than Donald Trump yeah. since January 6th. But so late last year, our boy DeSantis proposed a bill that would uh, allow parents to sue schools if their kids are taught critical race theory. Mm -hmm. Or even and, if they suspected it. Yeah. And now that logic is evolving into a new bill mm -hmm. that it's essentially makes it illegal to make white people feel bad about like reality like anything mm -hmm. yep yep that's, that's yeah. what it is uh the the bill which just made it out of like a education committee says this quote an individual by virtue of his or her race or sex does not bear responsibility for actions committed in the past by other members of the same race or sex an individual should not be made to feel discomfort guilt anguish or any other form of psychological distress on account of his or her race. Facts don't race. care about your feelings, I thought, though. No, right. Well, right. On, we know. Like, that's, come on. It, I, like, there, there's like, nothing consistent. You know? <laughs> I, this, this is just amazing that, like, this is, uh, you know, the darling of the right in conservative debate culture and, and all that bullshit. Ben yeah. Shapiro, his whole slogan is facts don't care about your feelings. And yet this is the epitome. This is the, the most... Like, I, I don't want to feel bad about anything bullshit yeah. that I have ever read. It's yeah. pretty incredible. I mean, I think most observers are right to point out that it's like, this looks, this bill looks like it's tailored exclusively for white people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this, who is this for? Because it's God. obviously, you know, this is, this isn't an actual problem, you know, or, but it's more just like the legal equivalent of like sticking your fingers in your ears and closing your eyes and screaming, no. -uh! <laughs> As a way to, like, <laughs> avoid, you know, having any kind of reckoning or self-awareness around history. But, yeah, I mean, it's, this is all just sort of part of the same effort to just nullify the concept of discrimination in the hopes that it'll just create more racists without any kind of historical awareness. Yeah. Like, what does that future look like if they are, like, continue to be successful and it's a world where you're not allowed to bring up, like, they... It's like I'm trying to like put it in the context of like the future dystopias. It's just like not a future dystopia that anyone had really laid out, you know, like what mm. what is the Florida version of the the Watchmen like museum? It's like, like well, yeah, right. They actually right. take into account like what would happen. Like, what's that version? It seems like just in general, they want to set the table energetically to be like, Hey, man, everything's all good here. Like, nobody's oppressed here, okay? And, like, if you're bringing right. that up, like, that's bullshit because nobody's oppressed here. Uh, oh, so history? it just looks like know. modern America. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nobody, and, yeah. I just, okay. uh, I, I, you know, similar to the Texas abortion law and, and this one, the, the part of it where it says that basically anybody can sue anybody for this and mm -hmm. claim that they were breaking the law, it's just we're, we're turning the, the public into a bunch of dog, the bounty hunters, but uh, about abortion and critical race theory and shit. And like the ability to do this means that it's going to have people just accusing folks left and right, just, you know, just because they don't like them. You know, you're pissed at your neighbor right. because they blew 
their leaves into your yard and then you claim that they were talking to your kid about Martin Luther King or the civil rights or some shit. And like, it's just, it's, uh, that's the future. Instead of having this like police state where there's like a one in, in their mind, like, you know, some communist police department that is is coming to your home and and arresting you it's just everybody is going to be able to point the finger and accuse each other of breaking laws like that yeah. seems to be the republican dystopian future they're Sounds going like for Cold War east germany yeah yeah exactly just exactly. everybody like we've and we've enabled everyone to go on a snitch mode <laughs> yeah but yeah, yeah it's and it's it's just very cynical but this is again a cynical party doing whatever they can to kind of keep this going. So if there any there's any sort of uh, historical precedent that makes what they do now look bad, it's like well then we can't talk about that shit at all. But the okay. one hope I have is that when you look at the like literal complexion of this country and like how these younger generations and the diversity of America begins to change more and more and more, I don't know how many kids of color you're going to be able to like get away from this idea that oppression isn't real because on some level it's going to be lived and that is a whole other dimension to you can you can only teach people so much but if the lived experience is one thing that does that does move people in a certain direction but i think that's the most optimistic read at the moment yeah all right let's uh let's shift focus over to the biden administration they're not nailing it with like the the big (laughs) core promises they made such as securing voting rights and mm. minimum student wage. debt that stuff yeah. climate yeah. change climate change you know they're they're still just like throwing up their hands and being like ah! i mean what fucking cinema you uh. know yeah so that that's not looking good so we wanted to check in with uh one of his other campaign promises that i hadn't even really noticed at the time But this is a quote from Biden during the 2020 campaign. I promise you, if I'm elected president, you're going to see the single most important thing that changes America. We're going to cure cancer. That is. That makes me so scared that (laughs) their cure for cancer exists. They're just trying to figure out when to deploy that shit. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that almost seems like, yo, I was talking to the homies at Merck. Like, right. Like an October campaign surprise or something. Like, yeah, exactly. Like they're like, going to oh, save it for the second term or some shit. Right. Or midterms or something. He's like, <laughs> y'all, if the house goes red, I mean, I got this cancer cure. Uh, maybe not. I guess, I'll have to, I guess y'all weren't good this year. So you That's get his Bin Laden's early. body being kept on ice. That's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. That's a bold statement. Yeah. It's a, it's kind of strong. He came, he came with it. Mm-hmm. I thought. For sure. Like, I, I know it, it's, you know, it's in the italics and everything. So I assumed it was on the, the show document that it was a real quote. But that does not sound real at all. Yeah. We're going to uh, cure cancer. That sounds that sounds like a Simpsons quote or something of like a politician right. like running for office. Right. That does and not sound like, yes! right. Fucking absurd. And all the rain will be root beer. <laughs> exactly. Yummy. You're like, yes. I love this guy. And every pet you've ever known will will come back and greet you, uh, you know, <laughs> from, from your dead, childhood. Yeah. Exactly. Who? What other presidential candidates <laughs> first in necromancy? It wasn't just a one time, uh, you know, his riff gun misfiring. This was a thing that he repeated uh, another time. He He mentioned it. Another direct quote. I've worked so hard in my career that I promise you, if I'm elected president, you're going to see the single most important thing that changes America. I've worked so hard in my career that it's it's like the central like the that neoliberal idea that like, well, you just study hard, work hard and like it pays off oh. and you become a billionaire. And if you don't, then you should have worked a little bit harder. Yeah. And that is just that ideal misfiring in his brain to be, well, I've I've worked hard. I mean, look at me. I'm running for president, so I must have done something right. And therefore, I'm going to cure cancer. It, yeah. It's definitely got guy whose wife is threatening to leave him energy. <laughs> and like, he, babe, I swear to God, it's going to be different this time. Yeah. Like, you know, we're we're going to we're going to we're going to buy that house uh, that you've been wanting. You know, we'll uh, we'll we'll spend more time together and I'm going to cure cancer. Like, I mean, it also just... has like the dude talking <laughs> to Lenny and of mice and men energy, like right before he shoots him in the back of the head. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, no, we're it's all cancer. We're, yeah, we're curing we're cancer, Lenny. cancer, guys. Just yeah, uh, we're going to cure cancer, George. Uh-huh. Oh, boy, I'm so sorry about this. Jesus. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, yeah, pop sure. your ass on the side of the sure road. Sure we will. Fuck. Wait, so what is, what is that even feasible? I mean, because what, what's like the, because I, I get their constant advancements, right? I, I always see different, like, obviously the oncology treatments and that, that research is is rapidly progressing all the time but like is that even is that even close like is even swinging at something that can even be hit for a single it's close for so cancer is a catch-all name for hundreds and maybe even thousands of types of diseases Mm -hmm. we have cured some of them like that's that's the sort of shit that also america is really bad at is like stopping and being like yo they just cured like this type of cancer they used to like the doctor would just tell you you have 18 months. Like, now they cure it. Like, that shit is wild. We don't really report that. But, yeah, so it's not a single disease. There are massive advances happening all the time in, right. in like, cancer treatment and even, like, cancer cures. Uh, by the way, I do want to just note that this idea that sounds so absurd to us that, like, we are assuming that it was, like, immediately buried by the his like administration staffer or his uh, campaign staffers, Trump heard it and immediately said that he was going to cure cancer. Jesus like a Christ. rat battle of false hope, as JM put it. Just he would cure cancer if he liked yeah, it. Take me out one time. That's incredible. Absolutely. We will come up with the cures to many, many problems, to many, many diseases, including cancer and others. And oh. we're getting closer all the time. Somebody taught that man about type one diabetes because I've had that shit since I was nine years old, and there's still right. no cure in sight for that one. So, right. uh, you know, because some, somebody yeah. taunt, taunt Trump, you know, t- tell him, hey, hey, you know what your bitch ass can't do? Cure type one diabetes. And, <laughs> Wait, he's and like, well, actually, I can't really read for the pharmaceutical companies. Is <laughs> yeah. the problem? We could. You're right. It's right. just that insulin, that insulin flow, Ooh, baby. That's a, that's quite the profit margin. Trump yeah. had proposed uh, shrinking the National Cancer Institute's overall budget by almost $900 million. So that was what he had done to, you know, help. But if you, yes. can't, if you can't diagnose cancer, then it, it's not there. Like, that's, that's right. what he was trying right. to do. Yeah, it's all negative thinking. you just thinking. become poorly in your old age. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Scientology, they've they got some I- interesting ideas about whether cancer is real or whether you're just scared. <laughs> but anyways... <laughs> Or you just need more e-meter readings. Yeah. So Biden's idea was basically based on this thing where they would create a version of DARPA, like, you know, the amazing, like, futuristic technology weapons designer called ARPA-H. That would be like the healthcare version of DARPA, where, like, you just have all of the smartest people using all the money and all the futuristic technology to like try out all these outside the box things on cancer cures instead of (laughs) like fucking bombs that can like dig 30 miles underground. They're just going to be like, yo, this hypersonic missile cures cancer. (laughs) (laughs) This, this drone cures cancer. You're like, what the fuck? It also happens to kill everything within a 13 mile radius, but the cancer is gone technically. So yeah, it won't show up on x-ray and either with your body. Exactly. Shit's like just obliterated. So in the spring of 2021, Biden put together his proposal for ARPA-H with a budget for the year 2022 of $6.5 billion. So he tried and it was unsuccessful. (laughs) You're Mm. never going to believe this. It was unsuccessful. It's been cut down multiple times. Now we're looking at a third of it. And also he proposed, he changed the proposal from being a standalone agency and the whole point is like it's standalone agency that like can think outside the box on all this right, shit, like right. to being a wing of the National National Institute of Health, which hmm. is like very bureaucratic and is right. sort of the thing that you would propose this idea to like get around is like, well, so here's like what's interesting about this idea is we have this like thing of people who are just kind of like blue skying it and seeing like if they come up with something. And everybody's like, well, that so that doesn't you don't really have anything, man. You're just like giving the National Institute of Health more money and they'll fuck it up somehow. So I don't know. It's it, it seems like it is not shockingly a watered down version of a watered down idea that is now being funded at one third of what the request was. 
There is still yeah. funding for it, but it doesn't seem like we're going to get this like thunderbolt from the well, sky. Also, like you think about how much COVID has disrupted the hospital. Like I have family who had to get cancer treatment and during the pandemic and it was not easy. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. to even think it's like, yo, get the fucking hospitals running first before you start being like, and then we're going to cure cancer because so many people have had to delay all kinds of checkups and things like that. And the stress of living in a pandemic you're fucking you're like being on top of your health can go into the back real quick and next thing you know you could have serious health issues absolutely just like there's so much shit compounding this that it's very very frustrating yeah almost while we get the whole healthcare system needs to be fixed and not just like i'm gonna get a splashy headline by making the a team of cancer research but yeah, I mean, he so he in February 2021, he said he was going to do everything we can to end cancer as we know it once we beat COVID. And like you said, that the idea that they're two separate things yeah. is wrong and misguided. And the pandemic is massively affecting millions of. Yeah, it's all it's all systemic, yeah. this whole this whole thing. And, and I've been intimately familiar with our healthcare system, like I said, I was diagnosed with diabetes when I was nine years old, spent a week in the hospital. And so it's, you know, I've had a lifetime and I've gone long periods of not having healthcare. I've literally had to shoplift my insulin before. That is a true story Mm. uh, from Walmart. Uh, You know, when I was 18, I got kicked off of Medicare and, and, uh, literally had to sweet talk the ladies into handing me insulin, you know, at the, the pharmacy and then, uh, and, and then, you know, slipping it into my pocket before I walked out and I'm, you know, not proud of it, but I don't give a shit because it's Walmart. Fuck them. But yeah, uh, also uh, like, you shouldn't feel ashamed that you have to exist in a fucked up. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. This, like, where it's like, Oh, I have to, I have to do this to actually live. Yeah. 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 There's, there's so like, there's immediate things that need to be addressed first like that. Now yeah. the concept of ARPA H it sounds cool as hell to me. I, I know in practice, the people that are actually going to be making this thing function and the bureaucracy, like you, you said, Jack, is is going to make it an impossible, impossible thing to accomplish. But I love the idea. It's like a futuristic, like, a, like it, it feels like the plot setup of like some some Michael Bay movie or something where we right. find out that the government funded this secret department that, you know, basically solved all of the world's ailments and and uh and diseases. All they had to stuff. do was create an island full of clones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And... <laughs> exactly. Shout out to that movie. That movie doesn't get enough love. The island. The island. Yeah. 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 One of the greats. I like that one. Yeah. But uh yeah, it's it's just uh I don't uh, you're absolutely right. It's going to get fucked up. And, and do, do you blame anybody for being cynical anymore when like no. this something as as like as should be universally proposed as like trying to cure diseases that everybody gets affected by gets trimmed down from just a measly six point five billion? What's our defense budget like eight hundred billion dollars, six point yeah, right. five billion. And we can't even get like a third of that passed for this. Yeah. This reason. Maybe that was their thing is like, maybe they'll think it's for DARPA for like, you know, <laughs> yeah, defense, Ryan, advanced Ryan defense Ryan the research. <laughs> They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, man. Uh, let's put it 200, mil- 200 billion. Good, good, good. They're like, yes. The H actually stands for Hellfire. Uh, Hellfire right. missiles. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. a, It's ARPA. It's just a whole ARPA department just for Hellfire missiles. Oh, we yeah. already have one. Oh, it's for um, helicopters. Helicopters. Oh. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. We oh, need yeah. more attack choppers. Thank Shit, you. Shit, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the... Look at the amount of money and lives spent on a response to 9-11 as opposed to the current pandemic. And like it's it like it's we we care so much more about like violence than we do about like the humanity of of the people in in our country. It's fucking awful. I think. Yeah. And this cynicism just comes with observing how, you know, just more, you know, I'm speaking just specific about the United States you know, the reflection of how you feel the country treats you or how much you think the government cares about you. And it's very apparent that they don't give a fuck at all. So, right. yeah, when you when you have people who don't give a fuck promising you things like, hey, man, we're going to get you healthy. It's like, OK, yeah, yeah, right. Prove you know, what's really frustrating, too, is that uh, like especially particularly about Biden is I think Biden thinks he gives a shit. He just like doesn't. He thinks he's well, he's just yeah, he's just yeah. he's a fucking relic, man. And He's like in that like liberal headspace where it's like, well, I said the good things and that's putting hope out there. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, come on, folks, it's hard out here. You got to contend with all these lobbying groups like 
we do the best we can and then we just keep this thing going. And yeah. that I think that helps him sleep at night. That or his just severe old age. Yeah. <laughs> that helps him sleep upright sitting at his desk for 15 minute increments every five minutes. I would love to talk to him for like 20 minutes just to see like if I could fuck with him. You know what I mean? Just like kind of get him saying something like, yo, I agree with that, man. Keep going. Keep going. He's like, yeah. Uh, and all the all the black people, uh, they'll do a black people test uh, where they got to vote for me and then they get their black card. I'm like, yes, Joe, keep talking that shit, man. <laughs> and you're like, yo, please, please, please get this guy away from him. He's yeah. entertaining all his worst thoughts. Yeah. You always hear stories about uh, like, but this guy in person. Like the the specifically the presidents, like you know Clinton is one thing on camera, but like you get him in person, he knows everyone's name. He like will like hold a really in depth conversation with you while doing the New York Times crossword puzzle and sexually harassing a woman in the back row or something. But like I I feel like our last two presidents are probably like if you yeah. got them in person, you'd be like. Mm. You know, <laughs> that that level uh -oh. of ego, it creeps me out. Like I've, yeah. I've been around politicians a few times and that just or, or like just very successful businessmen, CEO types in general. Mm. I it makes my skin crawl to be in the same room with them quite often. Oh, and yeah. I, I don't I don't know that I could handle being in the same room with a, a sitting or former U.S. president. It yeah. would it would be overwhelming. And I would say some shit that would get me in trouble, probably. Yeah. You're like, are you like, what's that war criminal? <laughs> what's that? <laughs> hey, man, come on now. That's not fair. I'm sorry. <laughs> sure, the Hague would love to see you, though. <clears throat> anyway. Well, thanks for the poke, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't, give a, you don't give a shit about your year. Because I'm, I'm, I'm in Obama's house in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, he definitely That was the whole thing poke. I envisioned. We're out here on, looking at Diamond Head. You know what I mean? No, yeah, it was a good, yeah. it was a good scene building. Exercise. I was definitely, yeah, yeah. excellent job. He's definitely serving you poke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here you go. <laughs> Mike Willie, a.k.a. Salty. Christy Yamaguchi, man. Such a pleasure having yeah, you. Yeah. Where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff? Well, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. I called my mom and told her I was on TDZ today, and she said, what the fuck is that? And then hung up on <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so uh, just a moms. thrilling, thrilling time to be here, you know. Just a local kid that made good. It took me five years of tweeting at you to incessantly uh, to be invited on here, but it was worth it. <laughs> tweeting great stuff at us. So don't yeah. don't think that everybody else don't think you can uh, just <laughs> tweet at us and get on the show. You have to be very talented. All the uh, all the work that I didn't get done at my job uh, coming up with <laughs> AKAs and, and shit was absolutely worth it. So thank you again. Um, Yeah, uh, Jort Center is the podcast that we drop every week and the handle for it is in my my Twitter bio. And I also do Lauer After Hours, which is kind of like a, just a fan podcast. If you're into Dan Lebitard's show, uh, then you might want to check that out. But Jort Center is the more, it's, it's kind of just like shit posting for your ears. I think that's what our, our kind of mission statement if podcasts have mission statements would be and uh yeah i just want to shout out poetry chat and chris crofton's poetry window uh because i absolutely love that thing i've become a big fan of him listening to you guys over the years and uh and i'm in a group chat with all those people that that eagerly await chris crofton's uh tweets every day and uh also just want to shout out jesus christ uh our lord and savior and right. uh you know praise the god whole reason i'm here today all right man. because all things are possible through him Praise wow. Christ. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Uh, is there. Uh... <laughs> I'm not laughing, y'all. I'm not yeah. laughing. Jesus Christ. I'm Jesus not Christ. laughing. Y'all better, better get your shit right if you want to be saved. Yeah. And uh, also, real quick, real quick, uh, just because there's so many Zeitgang that I've become buddies with over the, you know, over the years. Uh, also, listen to Breadsheet podcast, Killer History, uh, Grand Rapidians Play Video Games, and The Nice Pilled podcast. Um, uh, they're all fantastic shows and y'all's listener base is super creative and uh, and just a wonderful group of people. Man, we're that like gangs yeah. so, undefeated. Yep, yep. Anyway. Yeah. But we're not having any of them on. <laughs> but listen listen to their podcast though. <laughs> Damn, Jack Jack just laid down the law. Holy shit. He's just like, you are our only child. That was that was intimidating. <laughs> He's claiming uh miles where can people find you what's a tweet you've been enjoying man you can find me twitter and instagram at miles of gray and also if you like 90 day fiance or married at first sight check out 420 day fiance that's the show i do with sophia 
Alexandra. Uh, first tweet I like is from, did you do a tweet, Crispy? You know, I didn't. I just realized I didn't because I was making sure. I felt like, you know, in middle school when you call oh, the local the R&B station stuff was... and you want to shout out all your middle school friends, uh, I feel Got like that's you. what I was just okay. doing just then. Okay. But uh, uh, so, so tweets I've been liking from Schweitz AY. What is the difference between a prime minister and a president? A prime ministers are only divisible by one of themselves. <laughs> a posted monkey, uh, plant your four free COVID tests. In six months, you have 500 COVID tests. Sell them for $2,000 each. Boom, you're a millionaire. And uh, from writhing underscore south, uh, self-checkout feels good when you ain't got a bitch in your ear saying, please place item in the bagging area. Yeah, yeah. So those are just three tweets I've been fucking with lately. There it is. Uh, Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? As I said, Miles Gray, you heard all that. Uh, some tweets I like. First one uh, is from Chrissy at Crib, C-H-R-I-B-B-Z-Z, tweeted, y'all be like, I'm entering my villain era. And it's you just asserting boundaries, uh, which yeah. is so true because we are conditioned to think that having boundaries is some kind of villainous activity. Uh, and another one, I just laughed so, so much at this one. Uh, Maisha the Stallion at Maisha Chu, C-H-O-U, tweeted, it's like a picture of a COVID test, you know, like where it has one line or two lines. And it says, just got my at-home testing kit from the U.S. government. And the picture where it says, like, result, it just says, Go to work. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because it's true. Uh, Right. And the last one, Mr. John Darby tweeted, Fred Flintstone, I've got a problem with my car. Podiatrist. Let's take a look. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. A serious one. I enjoyed Sister Helen Prejean tweeted, The death penalty is fundamentally a poor person's issue. I have never met a single person with money or resources on death row. Capital punishment means those without the capital get the punishment. That's just straight up facts. Uh, DJ Fuck tweeted, love language? Uh, Yeah, I do. It's very useful. And uh, I also, I don't think I'd ever seen this pinned tweet before, but from our very own Christy Yamaguchi, man. Bram Stoker sounds like the coolest fucking surfer I've ever heard of. That's just... Absolute facts. Yeah, Great prom surfing. Stoker, bro. Prom stoker. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do we think people might enjoy? Oh, man. So there's this uh, Squid Game like album that's tracks inspired by Squid Game. And there's a track from Toki Monster. Shout out Toki Monster. So she's like a wonderful beat maker, producer, DJ from Southern California. And she has a track on here called The Flower Blooms, which is actually, if you remember the first episode, the red light, green light episode, the, mm. that little robot isn't saying red light, green light. It's saying that the Mugungwa flower has bloomed. Uh, so that's so when you hear this episode, there's a sample of the that robot talking, but it's actually Toki Monster doing it because she's also Korean. So this it's kind of it's wild to hear a track where you're like nodding your head and hearing. And you're like, oh, shit, this thing goes. So check this one out. Toki Monster, the flower blooms. Yeah. What is that? What the game like? Is that how you play the game in Korea, I wonder? Is that like how what they say instead of red light, green light? I think because our version is called red light, green light, but they're the words just aren't red light, green light because right. it's a natural, national flower from what I understand. I, 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 I went in deep on this because people were like, it's not red light, green light! And we're like, but that's the game that we just, our parallel game. Yeah, no, it's think, just right? so much more poetic. We're like, red light, green light, you go right. somewhere, you're a car! <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> and then they're like, the Mugungwa has bloomed. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> All right. Well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning. But we are back this afternoon to tell you what is trending. And hey, we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye now. <laughs> 